You know, every time I speak, I want the truth to come out. You know what I'm saying? Every time I speak, I want to shiver. You know, I don't want them to be like, they know what I'm going to say because it's polite. They know what I'm going to say. And even if I get in trouble, you know what I'm saying? That ain't that what we're supposed to do. It's, I'm not saying I'm going to rule the world or I'm going to change the world, but I guarantee that I will spark the, the, the brain that will change the world. Personal responsibility, political accountability, and corporate culpability. Get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up, get up. We must eliminate poverty. I don't care what color the person or child. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates, along with special guest co-host DeAsia Robinson. Welcome to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. We are the return of intelligent radio as we ensure the free flow of opinions and push the envelope on the questions America's afraid to ask in the mainstream media. Good morning, DeAsia. Glad to have you back in the saddle with me again. How are you doing, Queen? Good morning. I am doing well. Thank you for asking. How are you doing? Doing very well. Doing very well. It was cool to see you on your trip last week. I think you recovered from your, your trip last week. So, again, um, appreciate you for taking out the time this morning to, to rock with us on the Mental Dialogue Talk Show where we, you know, we do the questions America's afraid to ask. We have a very special guest on with us this morning, um, Leslie um, Tarvener. And Queen, make sure you correct me if I'm saying your name correctly or right. I'm glad to have you with us. I've been, you know, you don't know this, but I've been tracking you down for about a year. You know, when I finally got in contact with you, you didn't realize this. But um, today's gushy question, we'll let the cat out the bag in a second before you, after you introduce yourself and give people a little bit of your background. But just wanted to let you know I've been eyeing you for a long time and say, you know what, I want to get that sister on, and you are the reason for this morning's discussion question, but we'll explain that. Um, after, again, after you say hello to the two seekers out there listening and give us a little bit of your background. Thank you for being with us, Queen. Thank you, Montoya, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. And I had no idea you were stalking me for a year. <laughs> so that's been really good to hear. <laughs> and um, about me, my, I'm a women's empowerment coach. I've been doing this for about six years now. And I live in Toronto, Canada. And... Uh, I, I, I mainly help women who want their man to want them as much as they want him. So it's women who want to increase their desirability. They want to feel irresistible. They want to be pursued, but they don't know how. And so I specialize in helping women to do that. Now, beautiful thing. Again, thank you for that background. 
And so, as I said, when I say you were the reason for this actual post, um, again, I guess, as you just said, as I was stalking you for you, <laughs> I don't know how, much, how good I feel about that term, term but it's, I, consider, I guess in today's age of social media, you could consider it that, right? And so uh, what so happened across my timeline one day, again, you know, from and in this time, I don't even think I was stopping. I think it just, you know, randomly showed up on my timeline. At least that's the version I'm going to give today, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> with that said, <laughs> with that said, let me go ahead and let the cat out the bag on this morning's discussion question. And so what rolled across my timeline was literally the question we have this morning. And so what I typically do, a lot of people don't know this, but uh, with the show, uh, as I love to promote, we do the hard questions that America's afraid to discuss or ask the questions that people are afraid to discuss. And so over time, what I do, uh, a lot of times people are like, how did you come up with your shows? And so they don't know that I, I, I follow smart people like yourself. And um, every now and then y'all ask some questions that peak my, my thoughts and say, uh, I wonder about that or I don't know about that. And you literally had a, a post that said, how to love your non-monogamous man. And so I wrote it down on my potential show title, and I think I did tell you this when I reached out to you that I, again, literally about a year ago, it might not have been quite a year ago, so hey, real quick, just so y'all know, whatever you're doing in the background, it is coming across on the radio. Um, just keep that in mind. Um, mute yourself if you're having to move around in the background. It is coming across live on the air. All right. I'm sorry. Anyway, with that said, um, I saw you post it, and I just literally wrote it down as a potential title. And what I also said, again, because it was something that you posted and it was curious to me, I said, well, I'll only do the show if I can have Leslie on. And so thank you again, Queen, for being a part of this morning's discussion question, which I expect to be a very lively one. Um, Asia, you've done this with me before, so let's get this thing kicked off the way we normally do it before we go to our first initial break, which is very simple. So um, when you hear Asia do it, kind of follow her lead, Leslie. And when we come out of the break, we'll get hot and heavy into this discussion. So uh, with this said, uh, Biagia, as always, I like to do it. When you first heard the question worded the way that it was, can you remember just your first initial thought without going too deep? Again, we'll save that part for after the break. Go ahead, Queen. My first initial thought is was, is this a – monogamous woman learning how to love a non-monogamous man. That was my first thought that came across when I heard the question or when I read the question. Okay, great. Okay. No, absolutely, absolutely. And we'll dig into, you know, more of what your thoughts were um, coming out of the break. And, again, for you, very simple for the initial start. I always like to let people hear the first reaction. And, you know, you, again, you wrote this question some time ago but didn't realize, you know, that I was going to turn it into a show title. So when I reached out and said, hey, here's the show title, can you recall your first initial thought when you thought, okay, I'll, I'll do this show, and what did you think when you heard how I, how I was wording the question? What did I think? Yes, yeah, sure, just yeah, your initial you? thought. Just the, yes, um, yes, yes, you, Leslie, absolutely. <laughs> I figured, it's, you know, it's, it's something that is going to be of interest to your community because I went and I looked at your Instagram and, you know, based on, you know, the, the topics that you tended to deal with, you seem to be talking mostly to African-American issues. And so I felt that this would be a really hot topic um, given your audience. Oh, absolutely. Well, we hope, it, we hope that it is. I've definitely got a lot of inboxes and a lot of discussions. So hopefully 
Um, again, we are a live show, so maybe some of those people will actually call in and give us their perspectives or even ask their question. Um, and it's something that, in my, you know, my initial thought I will just kind of say was, um, for the most part, throughout my lifetime, this is something that people have dealt, dealt with, um, whether it's, a, in a sense, a non-monogamous man and, 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 and you know, there's non-monogamous women or whatever. And like I said, we'll get into maybe some background and discuss it. We will discuss it, for, in a sense, from both sides or whatever. But worded that way because this, in my opinion, is the hot-button issue that within our community is kind of always constantly discussed. And... We do a lot of relationship shows, if you will, right? And so in discussing um, to our correct, like you said, Leslie, to our own community to a degree, in discussing these things, there's always these discussions about, in a sense, how can we, in a sense, improve our community with our relationships? And so what made this question unique to me and kind of like I said, why I dotted it down, I was very interested in figuring out uh, what is your understanding? Because I've done some research over the years that kind of opened my mind up to, in a sense, I'll say this, how we are as humans. And I don't know that we always learn that uh, within various cultures, right? And most, you know, and myself and DeAsia being pretty much born and raised in American culture, it's, it's unique to see how other cultures see, in a sense, um, what, I would, what I would contend is human nature versus what we learn in culture. But let's go to this first break, and we'll get hot and heavy into this discussion when we come out of break. We got a caller that's trying to get in early, so we'll try to get to the caller as well when we come out of break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. We'll be right back. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. Well, those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145 and let them save you from yourself. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how to love your non-monogamous man. Special guest, Leslie Tovenier, 
as well as special guest co-host DeAsia Robinson. Thank you both again for being on with us. Let's get into this discussion. As a matter of fact, I think I'll, to a degree, uh, start where DeAsia started, but we'll kind of turn it to you uh, as our special guest, Leslie. We'll kind of have you dialogue to this and then have DeAsia kind of break down, again, this very question that she asked herself. I think that's a good place to start. Uh, when she saw the discussion question, how to love your non-monogamous man, if you're just now tuning in, DeAsia said her first thought was, is this a, correct me if I, I think I got it right, DeAsia, but is this a situation where it is a non-monogamous man loving a monogamous woman? Did I get you right? Was that was your initial thought? Was that what you thought, right? Yes. I wish I got it right before I asked yes. you. Oh. Yes, that was my initial thought. Okay, absolutely. And so, that, the, um, that was, oh, go ahead, Queen. Yeah. Uh, please go ahead, DeAsia. Yeah, and the reason why I had that initial thought is because I I was under the impression that a, a non-monogamous woman will already know how to love a non-monogamous man. So that's the reason why I was thinking that this was geared towards a monogamous woman trying to love a non-monogamous oh, man. Oh, okay. No, nah, that makes sense. I like that. You, yeah, I never thought about it that way. So, that, okay, that makes sense. A non-monogamous woman would already know how to love a non-monogamous man. But... For somebody yeah, trying to figure the this out. That, that makes sense. That's a, nah, that makes sense. Okay, yeah, Leslie, if you will, let's start with the Asia's perspective on it and why she thought of that yeah. question, if you will. Just kind of jump in where you fit in, Queen, but I love that. Yeah, I know. I, I think that, that uh, her question is great. Uh, my post was geared towards um, mostly non, mostly monogamous women because she's right. Women who are open relating or who are practicing open relating or polyamory or polygamy, um, they would have a, a, a greater understanding of a non-monogamous man because they themselves are non-monogamous, whereas a woman who is who believes in monogamy, who is sexually exclusive, who is only having sex with one man, um, women like that have a, a much, much, much difficult, more difficult time understanding and accepting a non-monogamous man. That being uh, said, a lot there of are sense. a lot of monogamous women that are in relationship with non-monogamous men. And, and unfortunately, in many of those cases, they don't know that they are dealing with a non-monogamous man because the man is not telling his truth. Now, nah, very good point. Matter of fact, I'll even right now, I think it's a perfect time to bring in the quote, um, again, that I put up on social media some, uh, some time on Facebook and Instagram that got a little, little traction and people were kind of going back and forth. And I think what you just said, Leslie, is a two-way street uh, when you hear this quote. Uh, but you're absolutely right. And the quote that I put up some time ago, and I'd love to hear both of y'all thoughts on it, and I'll go back to you, DeAsia, on this. Um, you may even recall seeing this on my page some time ago. But I just said a lot of us are good with polygamy. And I just so happen to use polygamy so many words you could have used, but let me say it again. So the quote was, a lot of us are good with polygamy. We just don't know it yet. And so, um, DeAsia, what is your thought, you know, on that quote? But I think it's, perfect in, to re in reference to what Leslie said as far as maybe both parties are not privy to what they go, you know, what's going on. And that could go both ways, if, if you will. But uh, is, is there any thoughts on that quote? Again, I was being a little funny, a little facetious, but actually I think it's a real, real deal issue because people are moving around like that. And I'm quite, as Leslie said, quite often not aware of it. But it, it unfortunately can be a reality that's, again, not fair because we're not being honest. But go ahead, um, Gage. That actually is very true because a lot of people deal with infidelity in relationships. 
that they're unaware of. And then you have other people that um, they're actually open to, like, maybe playing, like, a side chick or side guy role and things like that. And instead of people just being honest about how they feel and what they truly want, they will still try to operate on the monogamy, but they are really living a polyamorous lifestyle. Um, but then they still try to hold some of the standards of of monogamy, and then a lot of people' heart get broken in the process. So you're absolutely right about that. A lot of people are okay with polygamy, and they just don't know it, or they don't know what to call it, or they don't know how to go about just having an open communication and letting each party know what it is and just saying what it is instead of just living under the standards of monogamy. Because I think most people are um, polyamorous more so than anything. I think naturally more people are polyamorous than monogamous, honestly. Um, Leslie, your thoughts in reference again to that quote or to anything that DAJ had to say? Yeah, I I agree with everything she's saying. Ideally, we should be open and honest. Unfortunately, this society, you know, we're still very backwards when it comes to um, honest communication about sexuality. And so I'm really glad that you're having shows like this so that we can start to open up the discussion so that, you know, we can move towards complete and total honesty so that we don't have all this lying and cheating and creeping going on. So just to give some history, you know, um, my father, non-monogamous, not not ethically non-monogamous, because at that time, you know, polyamory wasn't even a word. Like, he didn't even know what that concept even was. Mm -hmm. And so he did, like, what most men his age were doing at the time, which is just kind of running around and just hoping not to get caught. And so my father has six children and five different women. My grandfather has, I don't even know, like dozens of children with I don't even know how many women. My grandmother has seven children with three different men. You know, like this, this is normal in Caribbean culture. This is what I saw growing up, Mm. despite the fact that almost everybody in the Caribbean is Christian, uh, some denomination of Christianity. And so most people in the Caribbean would profess to believe in monogamy because of their religious upbringing. But yet when you look at what's happening, when you look at all the women with multiple baby fathers and all the men with multiple baby mothers, you can see right away that monogamy is not being adhered to. So my quote is perfect. (laughs) (laughs) So in order for me to love my grandfather and my father and other male relatives in my family, as well as the the females who, you know, have over time multiple men, uh, I had to learn to understand that, you know what, monogamy is not the only way uh, for us as black people. And, you know, like we've been brainwashed to think that if, if, if we don't do monogamy, then we're sinners, we're bad, we're wrong, uh, you know, we're afraid of commitment or what have you. And it's, it's not true. Monogamy is one way for a man and woman to love each other, but there's other ways as well, such as polygamy, such as polyamory. And we need to, we need to embrace that so that we can actually love one another and, and accept one another. I can't love my father or my grandfather if I believe in my mind that anything outside of monogamy is wrong or a sin. And, and you know something um, yeah, that is ahead, interesting 
you know something that is interesting I wanted to point out with what she was saying when um, she brought up the religious aspect of it is I'm not a Christian, but I'm well-versed in the Bible. And I I know, like, in the beginning, like, even when you're reading the Bible, actually – the whole mono thing that is a that that is a newer concept than the poly thing because do you guys remember like in the Bible at first they were worshiping like many gods and then when the Mosaic law came about that's when it was like you're supposed to only worship like this one God and have this one love for this one God do you you guys remember when that transition happened in the Bible? Yes, totally. I recall. And totally. it's like and it's like now people. People are actually, because naturally, you'll be drawn to all of these different people, but it has been taught to us that you're only supposed to love only one person. Like, that, that's just been drilled in us. And now it's like people feel condemned if they have a feeling towards another person or they'll say something like, well, how can you, you really don't love this one person if you, um, can fall in love with another person. They'll try to say that the love is not real if you're able to love more than one person at a time. You can't possibly do that if you're really in love with one individual. So it's just that we have actually been indoctrinated to believe that monogamy is just the the, the natural course, and it did come from a more of a biblical aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, strong thoughts. So let me throw in a couple of things, and I'll see if the caller still wants to get in. Um, I think it's 419, the last three. So. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Go Can ahead. Can I add something very quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah please go Old ahead. Testament, to add on to what she was saying, in the Old Testament, there were many, many, many examples of men with multiple wives and concubines. Mm-hmm. And then it switched. It changed in the New Testament. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, it's... And then when you mention that to people who are Christians, they're like, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus brought in the new, the new way of things or whatever term they want to use. But, like, I mean, monogamy as, as a standard is relatively new in human history. Mm-hmm. Now, fair, yeah, fair enough. And so here's a few thoughts I have. And, again, I'll see if the caller wants to still get in. If you're on the phone line and want to jump in and give us your three cents, you do have to press one. Um, just to let you know, if you're online, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Again, that's 646-787-1691. Um, both of you have said a lot. And, you know, again, for, most of, for the most part, I'm in agreement. I, myself, being a lover of monogamy, what I do understand, and I don't know if a lot of us come to understand this just from a con- – from I, I would say from a concept, just simply because, as y'all both have said, a lot of things are driven into us. But at the end of the day, whatever we consider right and wrong, and sometimes that's what we label these things, right? And I think, you know, y'all both have alluded to that. But whatever we consider right and wrong, we we really have to understand that that just literally comes from culture. And culture, in a sense, is what you agree to. Right and wrong is what you agree to. And so uh, myself, again, who wants to, and believes in, never been married. Most people know, you know, most of my listeners know that, but for any new listeners, um, haven't been married, would like to get married, and I am agreeing to, in a sense, the cultural things that come with monogamy, and as both of you said, doing that in an ethical way is how it should be done, but as I made, you know, reference to the quote that y'all both agree to, the reality is 
when we're moving unethically, then obviously that creates all the problems that even brought us into today's discussion. But the other part of it is, and this is where we need to go deeper in my opinion, and I'm pretty sure y'all would agree, and Les and I'll kind of turn it back to you, but the deeper part is dealing with if culture is saying one thing, but your inner personal individual reality is something else and kind of like you said, plan, and so some people end up playing a game that says, well, I want to look the part based on what the culture says is right and wrong, but my reality plays out very differently. And so that's what, in my opinion, makes this conversation needed because plenty of people are struggling with what that looks like and the idea of what's our nature. And in my opinion, you can have a nature agree to something in culture and hold to it if you choose, but it doesn't change our nature. And I think that's something that doesn't get explored enough. Leslie, your thoughts again, just kind of trying to take this thing a little deeper, if we will. Yeah, it's really tough because I think most people do uh, because of our culture. And it's not just black people, but just everybody like in North America um, for the most part believes in monogamy. And, And so when I was with the father of my children for 11 years, I went into that relationship really believing that I wanted to do monogamy and that I wanted to just only be with him for the rest of my life. And there were two times within that 11 years where I I met two different men at two different workplaces that I was at that I became very, very attracted to. And it was very confusing to me because I knew for sure that I did not want to leave uh, my son's father like at all. I had no desire to leave him for anyone else. But yet, I had this very strong attraction to other men, and I didn't know what to do with that because nowhere in my upbringing was I taught that it's okay for a woman to desire more than one man. So I I did tell my partner the truth, and it was extremely hard. It was extremely Mm. hard to tell him my truth because even when I told him my truth, he was extremely upset with me because, you know, he couldn't understand how could you how could you be attracted to more than one man? That that doesn't make sense. That's crazy, and it was it was so hard to have that conversation. So I understand. You know, people always say to me, "Well, why why do people lie?" And I'm not saying lying is good or right. It's it's not. But I do understand why people lie because having this type of conversation in in today's today's culture is extremely difficult, especially if you do not have any support. Deja, any thoughts? Yeah, I feel like the dilemma that happens in these particular situations, especially when we've been in a relationship for a long length of time, with monogamy, we go in thinking that this person is going to be our everything. And we all we we look to that person to be every single thing. And I really don't feel like one person can be all things. And each attachment to another person doesn't have to mean the same. And so just like she has this situation where in her heart she knows she doesn't want to leave this man, but those other men were giving her something. It was something that she was getting from them or picking up from them. It didn't even have to be anything sexual. But for whatever reason, she gravitated towards them and she had an affinity towards them, and that happens sometimes. So uh, people have to keep in mind that, even though you're monogamous and you choose that lifestyle and that's that's the agreement that you made with your partner, 
that doesn't necessarily mean that someone else won't catch your attention. What ends up happening is a lot of people end up acting on it and then start cheating in a relationship. So you could have a, 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 a deep emotion for somebody else, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you need to always act on that. And so I think the conversation piece is where someone feels like they want to act on it. I feel like at that point, they do need to express that with their partner and see if they're open to exploring those different options. So, no, nah, great thoughts. Leslie, so when you spoke with your partner at the time, um, you did it in, a, did in advance of any physical with the other people and, and the conversation just yeah, was I, extremely difficult. Okay, cool. Just kind of just wanted yeah. to kind of get the details and that was something that crossed my mind. Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. I, I I just I just did not feel that it was okay to go behind his back. And so, you know, I was of the mindset that, like, I am not going to get involved with another man without my partner knowing about it. Like, I just I just won't do – I don't cheat. I don't believe in cheating. So I told him the truth, and um, we tried to we, – we just – we didn't know how to come to an agreement on that. We didn't know how to do polyamory. So we ended up splitting up and going our separate ways. And that is one of the consequences that can happen. You know, I've, I've, I've talked to so many men over the years who, and women too, and I've asked them, you know, who, who, you know, why don't you tell your husband or wife that you're intimate with someone else? And the first answer that they always give me is that, well, if I tell my spouse the truth, they're going to divorce me. They're going to leave me. And that can happen. That can actually happen. And so you have to, you know, decide, you know, Am I willing to face the repercussions, the, the possible repercussions of speaking my truth, or do I prefer to live a lie? Uh, great question to ask as we go into our, another break. This break, um, some of you may recall um, Little Duvall, comedian here out of Atlanta. Uh, if you definitely, most of you probably remember Smile. That was his big hit. But he actually put together another song, if some of you may recall, maybe about, I think it's been about a year ago, maybe a year and a half ago, where there, there was this um, black men don't cheat movement, if you will, um, kind of being led by Charlemagne the God and Little Duvall. And so this is just a little cut from that song. We're going to play it for the break, and we're going to come out of there, come out of this break and talk about even that movement and how it, in a sense, applies to this morning's discussion. But I love everything that we're hearing right now. Um, last three four one nine. If you want to get it back in, please press one. I'm trying to be respectful. If you're trying not to get in, that's cool. But everybody else that's listening, got several callers on the line. If you want to get in, ask a question, give us your three cents. Any true seeker out there listening, please press one. If you're online, the number to get in is six four six seven eight seven one six nine one. We'll be right back. But all I ask is that you think. Black men don't cheat. Oh, black men don't cheat. We gotta go, fellas.
That's my baby. Think I'm leaving her for you. Bitch, you crazy. crazy. The hoes will attack. Yeah. No matter where you at, I got two words for you. Faithful in black. Faithful in I know black. you mad. Yeah. Big, big man. I'm an honest black man. You can't put me on black. Yeah. So screenshot a nigga. Yeah. We just gon' laugh. Duval ain't shit. She already know that. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. I got a girl and you not hurt. No. You can try. You can try. I have a seat. I'm a black man, girl. I don't cheat. We don't cheat. So no matter what they say or what you heard in the street, everybody knows. Black men don't cheat. A lot of TLC, but we don't ever creep, so F what you heard. Black men don't cheat. Whoever's saying otherwise just lying through their teeth, because everybody knows. Black men don't cheat. So next time you out, they try to jam you in the streets, you make sure you tell them. Black men don't cheat. Hey, we don't get around. Welcome back to the Mr. Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how to love your non-monogamous man, special guest Leslie Torvenin, as well as special guest co-host DeAsia Robinson from our Queens of Intellect. Uh, Most people know if you're a long-time listener, I always keep a sister on here to keep me in check, so DeAsia is here today to make sure I don't go too far off path as i just played again it didn't become too popular but i remember again this little movement that was innocent being pushed by charlamagne the guy of the breakfast club little duvall actually turned it into a song as they were having these discussions and there was a period where for those you know most a lot of you have heard of charlamagne the god in the breakfast club um but for those who don't know um very popular very popular i might be i think the number one morning show in the country if i recall i think i have that information correct but with that said um, during this period of time when they were kind of pushing this narrative, um, they were having a lot of dialogues around this very thing. And Charlamagne the guy was real stoic and saying, hey, black men don't cheat. And they were in the, so obviously the first question is like, what the heck are you talking about? What are you talking about? As you hear again, that kind of a polarity, um, um, kind of funny song in reference to um, that movement. And that song came out of it. At the time, I watched some of those black breakfast clubs when they were running that narrative, and it was kind of like, what the hell are you talking about, black men don't cheat? Because obviously, you know, uh, if you know Charlemagne, the God, he's been uh, he's been honest about his infidelity years ago. However, he now is very open about the woman that is his wife now. I guess they knew each other before they were married and had children before they were married. But what I understand now, he openly talks about how he – no longer practice infidelity, and he's had several shows about the process to, you know, get to the place that he that he is that he is now. And so, while it sounded like a bunch of BS, what what they were really saying, and I definitely want to hear both of your thoughts, and we have a caller as well. But and we'll start with you, Leslie. But what he was really saying at the time, he was talking about that he finally matured into a black man, and prior to that, he was living out what what I would call an extended adolescence, he said, you know, he was a black boy up until he matured to the point that he saw the value of no longer living like that so that he could take care of his family. And so the the truth of what he was mentioning was he was saying, hey, this is a black man versus someone that's just running around trying to cheat on their significant other, whether married or not. That right there shows a lack of immaturity, but for mature men, that's not their perspective. Your thoughts on that, Leslie? So I, I think that Charlemagne the God means well. You know, I, I believe that he's very pro-black family. He's pro-marriage, and I think those are really good things. Um, but the idea that black men don't cheat, I think that that's, that's completely bogus. 
Um, not only do black men cheat, but so do white men, so do Asian men, you know, so do Hispanic men and women as well. Like cheating is happening whether we like it or not. And so I, I think that the way that he's framed it as immaturity versus maturity, uh, I don't really like the, the way that it's framed. I, I think what would be a better um, initiative uh, or uh, objective is to encourage black men to speak their truth whatever that truth happens to be, whether they are monogamous or they're swingers or they're poly or they're just dating or they're celibate or they're abstinent, whatever it is, we should be encouraging black men to speak their truth. The uh, Asia, your thoughts, and then we're going to go to the call. Um, I followed the whole movement because I'm all into, like, the shenanigans of social media. Like, so I followed the movement and. At first, it was kind of triggering, but then when I got the explanation, I understood it. Um, but I also feel like it was a um, it was a it was something that I feel like they should have framed it differently because now it it kind of gives the impression that you're less of a man because you cheated, and I don't feel like someone's manhood should be tied to that. Um, and like, like Leslie was saying, it, it, the thing should have been just being honest about what it is that you're doing versus saying black men don't cheat because black men do cheat. And just because a man cheats doesn't mean that he is less of a man or anything. So I definitely feel like they could have worded it different or explained it better. Because just saying that um, it's this this thing from a phase from boys to men, that wasn't enough for me. Now, I respect it. I'm going to give just a slight pushback, and then we're going to go to the caller, and y'all can respond to myself as well as the caller, if you will. And my slight pushback is, and, and Leslie, you kind of already said it, so it's not really necessarily a pushback because you already highlighted that he's, in a sense, pro-family. So where I very much respect it, and I'm pretty sure y'all would agree with this part as well, but, like, you know, I definitely understand, like I said, the framing and maybe what's, what actually would have been better is just speak your truth because that's what makes this always an issue anyway, right, when it turns into cheating and turns into infidelity. That is just based on what, you know, everybody says, you could have been honest with me. That, like, that's what everybody's asking for. Uh, uh, to a degree, again, they obviously made a parody of it and had some intentions with, you know, even coming up with that term. What, what I did like about it, myself being pro-family, if you will, is the idea of this is what it's going to take or require for you, in a sense, to hold the family together, is understand that going in and being honest with your significant other in reference to keeping your family together. Because like you said, Leslie, a lot of people say, well, I can't tell because this person will divorce me, whether that be the man or the woman. And I think that that the reality is even with your nature, there is a, a duty that people should, in my opinion, should understand some level of duty when it comes to your family that if you take, and and commit to it with your mouth, this commitment, then when you're given that choice, like you said, Deasia, you don't have to act on it. So I'm just kind of going deep. And I don't know, I'm not necessarily going deeper. I'm just kind of give this the nuance of if you accept this and take this on, 
then I like what they were saying in reference to those who want to, in a sense, be married, family intact. And if, if, if this risk, if the risk is you're not going to keep your family intact, then what decision should you make? And it, in my opinion, it might should be the duty that you committed to if you're not, or if you didn't enter the situation like both of you said. You didn't enter your situation with an honest upfront, as Leslie saying, if we're living our truth, then you don't even make those commitments if you're not capable of making those commitments. So that's kind of my three cents on that. Let's go to the caller. Area code 850-3600. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Good morning, Montoya. This is Ephraim calling from Potters, the big city of Potter Springs, Georgia. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning. Hey, how you doing, King? Thanks for getting doing? in with us. Boy, y'all on fire this morning, man. Y'all covered all the bases. I don't really have much to say. I'll add a, try to add a little bit to the conversation, but y'all, y'all, y'all are really thorough in this conversation. But um, I, I wanted to agree with some of everybody. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I believe, uh, you know, the whole black men don't cheat. I agree with that and from the standpoint of adults should be able to tell the truth when that, you know, whatever the consequences. And I've always been told if you're big enough to do it, you're big enough to own it. So um, as adults, you know, children lie to, to, to cover things and not get in, in trouble or suffer consequences from, from their actions. But as adults, we should be able to, to um, own whatever it is that we, that we want to do. And like the Asia said, not all, impulses or desires have to be acted on and that's part of being an adult as well just self-control just because you feel something for someone and that's natural i mean i think everybody would agree that yeah you could have feelings for another person regardless of whether i'm married or not married yeah i could see somebody and be attracted to them and then if i spend any time communicating talking with them and get to know them a little bit those those feelings can develop but the part of being an adult is i don't have to act on those emotions and if I if I find myself going too deep into a relationship with someone that um, um, I shouldn't be uh, based on the commitment that I've made then I should pull back from that I should remove myself from that situation that could cause me to do something uh, to, to, to jeopardize my family dynamic but the whole thing is the only problem is is, is people not being honest and saying what it is that they really want and not honoring their commitment that they did actually make. You know, and I'm going to tell you, you know, I'm Muslim, so in Islam, men, Muslim men are allowed to. I'll come by later. I'm your relief if you need to. Okay. 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 Thank, Thank you. Sir. Yes. I'm, I'm volunteering at the Powder Springs Seafood Festival right now, so somebody's coming up. Yeah, I can dig uh, it. You're good, King. Now, thanks for getting in. Now, you know we're good with that. Go ahead. Yeah, but – um. Yeah, so Muslim men are allowed to have up to four wives, and a lot of people don't realize about that situation is the men, the, the men who choose to have more than one are, are spiritually, emotionally, physically, and financially responsible for every one of those women and the children. So in that sense, it becomes less about what a man wants and his desires as, as, and more about taking care of the women and the children of the community. And, and even in Islam, Muslim men who do it, a lot of them still do it secretly because they don't want to do it correctly. 
according to our tradition. And and when you say you this is what you are, this is what you agree to abide by, like you said, the culture that you agree on, then be an adult and live up to your commitment and follow it to the best of your ability and nobody's gonna be perfect, but don't try to skate around and do it in other ways that you you know, you're trying to find loopholes here and there and to, to make it work for you and, and what you really want when it's that's not the, the ultimate goal and purpose. So like I said, I wanna I agree with some of everybody and Leslie, I mean, did it perfectly. She uh basically was an adult and lived up to her commitment and was honest with her husband. Now that's strong. Let me ask you something before you go. No, no, absolutely. Uh-huh. Let me ask you something before you go. Um, and, uh-huh. and Leslie brought this up as well. So even when she approached, again, the father of her two children, when she approached, and like you said, in in, in prior, because a lot of people, you know, if they do tell, it's after the fact, right? So she approached prior. Right. And his perspective was, how could you do that? And I wanted to just get your thoughts mm-hmm. on how, to a degree, like you said, Culture, and I said it, culture is what we agree to, the right and wrong is what we agree to. However, mm-hmm. and DeAsia and Leslie made this point, sometimes we learn culture in a manner that we become delusional that is unrealistic. So for his first thoughts to be how could you do that can speak to sometimes how delusional we are about whatever culture it is that, you know, you and I, whatever group agrees to, people can become delusional about what that looks like and it's not from a realistic mm-hmm. perspective, in my opinion. Just what are your thoughts in that sense that culture sometimes can be pushed down our throats to the point, to the point, to the point where, um, you know, to the point where we become delusional in what we think people should or should not do, if that makes sense. I just want to get a little bit. I know you got, matter of fact, let me let the ladies answer, and I'm going to come back to you while you got the background noise. Okay, okay. brother? Okay. Um, can y'all kind of jump in on what I was asking the caller, just the idea of, um, the, you know, while people should be honest, let's further delve into how culture can drive people to be unrealistic on what is natural. We've kind of talked about it all as well, and I definitely wanted to get the caller's call thought, but I'm kind of letting y'all fill in so we can get his background noise um, quiet, if you will. DeAsia, I'm going to have you um, jump in on that thought and then see if we can get the caller right back on. Go ahead, Queen. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me bring you live. All right, go ahead, Queen. You live Okay, now. can you hear me now? Okay, I yep. think a lot of his I think a lot of his shock came from that it was her coming to him. Um, a lot of men don't expect for a woman to be interested in anybody but them. Um, we okay. have pretty right. much even even the fact that we have this question, how can you love a monogamous man? is because we know a lot of men are not monogamous. Like we we understand that. But we put pressure on women to be monogamous, even if they're in a relationship with a non-monogamous man that she finds out cheated on her. We still expect for that woman to not go off the grid and do anything. So I think it wasn't so much of him being delusional Mm -hmm. to the fact that someone could have interest in another person. It's just if he would have came to her, she probably would have had a whole totally different reaction because we're used to men you know, having multiple partners and interests in other people. But men are not used to women being open with their sexuality or, you know, having interests in multiple partners. So it's more so like 
how can you how can you have eyes for anybody other than me? And there in the the undertone of that for a lack of a better word, it's like, okay, he probably, just for the relationship to be dismantled, a lot of times, even if she didn't do anything physically with that person, they automatically will write you off and call you the, you know, quote, unquote, ho. You know, so they automatically will give you that title. And just because you have interest in more than one person. Because men are just not ready for that when it comes from a woman. Yeah, I think that's where he shot with from. Our egos can't take it. And uh, Leslie, let me obviously yeah. we're talking about your situation, so you obviously can jump in on this. Uh, you know, just highlighting, like you said, y'all end up not continuing, and you actually came, like you said, correct. But you're right. Our egos, we are socialized to where we can't take that. And I'm going to be honest, we can't take it. I know we can't take it, but go, go <laughs> to, a, to a degree. Go ahead. Go ahead yeah, definitely. This is your, and then we'll see if the call yeah, is you know, a little quiet, and we'll get back to them. Okay, so I, I like what the, the Muslim fellow was saying about, you know, if, a, if a, a man wants to have four wives, then he needs to be responsible for those four wives on every level, uh, including financially. So I, I agree with that 100%. And, and there is something to self-control. Um, you know, self-control is, is something that can really grow you and mature you as a person. But what I want to say is that it's not wrong I really want everyone to hear this. It's not wrong to be attracted to more than one person, whether emotionally, sexually, or in any other way. It's not wrong. But if you think that it's wrong, if you believe that it's wrong, it's going to be damn near impossible for you to have an open and authentic conversation with your significant other because you you already feel like there's something wrong with you. You already feel ashamed of yourself. You already feel guilty. So how are you going to have a mature conversation mm. when you've already taken on the idea that, you know what, and I felt that too. When I was, I, I, I felt doubly wrong because the first man that I found myself attracted to, not only did I feel wrong about the fact that I was attracted to another man, but also that man was a white man. And so that made it even worse. Like, how in the hell? I'm attracted to someone else, and he's white? Oh, my God. I'm really fucked up. I'm really <laughs> messed up. On top of that. Something is wrong. Oh, kill myself. Kill myself. No. <laughs> you know? So, like, oh, that's a double so whammy. <laughs> it was so, I mean, it was hard for him to even hear that. Like, what? You, you, you want to be with another man, Look, and I he's white? I cannot believe you. Like, I'm going to cut you off and, cut and kick you off the show. I cannot believe that you want you that gave attraction. You gave me. She gave the description and messed up his whole world. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kicking you off the show. Hey, 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 that's cancel culture, right? I don't like what you said. We're done talking. Now, let me stop. Go ahead, Queen. I'm messing with you. It's not about race. It's about energy. It's about energy. There's, There's different kinds of masculine energy. There's different kinds of feminine energy. You know, and, and sometimes people, people think that you're cheating just because you're talking to another person, just because you mm-hmm. have an emotional bond with another mm-hmm. person. You don't even have to have sex, and it's still considered cheating in some people's eyes. So the, the fact of the matter is, as a woman, like, I find myself attracted to multiple men. That's my natural state. That doesn't mean I can't be a mother. That doesn't mean I can't be a wife. That doesn't mean I can't fulfill my duties. But I'm naturally attracted to more than one person, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I really want people to yeah. hear that. If, if you're attracted to more than one man or more than one woman, it's okay. You are not a sinner. You are not evil. You're not fucked up. You're just a human being that no, loves more enough. than one person. 
Now, fair and enough. Let me Leslie, do you think? Oh. oh, go ahead, Diaz. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to ask her this because I actually am more um, attracted to people who are open about being poly. Okay, go ahead. All right, let me do go this ahead. real quick because we can go deep into what you're about to ask. So let me get these right. callers, and then we probably will get to your question at the top of the hour so that we can go deep into your question. Okay. All right, let's get to these callers. Okay. All right, I'm running back to Ephraim real quick because I promised you I would. Um, make it quick. Um, again, thank you for calling in. I know you're the volunteering, so I don't know if you got time to get back in. But just your thoughts on just that, what I call delusional, and Deja said we as men are more delusional, and I agree with her due to our egos that we're less accepting of it. Any thoughts real quick, King? Yeah, hundred percent. We can't, we can't handle that. Uh, no, no doubt whatsoever. And I don't think it's uh, a matter of not, not realizing that your significant other can be attracted to uh, somebody else. It's the idea that what is your commitment and what do you want to do to, to, um, to honor that commitment. So like I said before, I'm, I see women I'm attracted to all day, every day. You know, I can't leave the house without seeing some woman that I'm physically attracted to. I don't know her. Yeah, we so, in Atlanta. I know we I'm in Atlanta. So it's hard to do in Atlanta. Right. That's real. <laughs> right. It's hard to do anywhere, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's real. But, that's real. And I would, be, I would be foolish. I would be foolish to think that my wife wouldn't experience the same thing. She's going to see mm-hmm. men that she's going to find uh, attractive. The question is, am I or is she going to open herself, ourselves up to exploring anything beyond that physical attraction with the, with the opposite sex? And I got to go now. No, that's no, perfect timing. That's perfect timing. I didn't let you go anyway. So, now nah, thanks for the three cents. Let's go to a couple of callers. All right, we got um, – Brother Pianchi on the line, so we're going to get Brother Pianchi on out of St. Louis. How you doing, King? What you got for this morning's discussion? You know you know what you're really looking at. Well, one thing I'm going to say, monogamy goes back beyond the Bible. It was in cultures. It's been written down over 12,000 years ago. So what people are following today is biblical principles or Islamic principles. That's a different thing. In the United States, you only have one wife. Anything else is whatever a person, people, a group will engage in, from the Mormons to Muslims. But this country is only going to recognize one wife. Another thing, too, you got to look at what you're working with. In black society, there's a great imbalance, more so than any other ethnic group with the number of men marital age and women in marital age. Just the female-male imbalance, you have 1.6 million more females, black females, than you do black males. Now, how does that play out? Well, for say in Athens, Georgia, you got 81 black males for every 100 black females. In St. Louis, you got 78 black males for every 100 black females. Now, if you want to find a a black male, go to San Diego, California, where you have 167 black males for every 100 black females. That's what you're working with, the availability. If you are rare and there's more looking at you, well, quite naturally, you're going to have more hidden on you and just the opposite. 
That's what it is, Montoy. Take it for what it is. Three cents. Um, ladies, any thoughts before we go to another caller and get to the top of the hour? Any thoughts on what Brother Pianchi brings to the table? Um, Leslie, we'll start with you as our special guest. Any thoughts on what Brother Pianchi had to say? Yeah, I think I think the stats that he's sharing, there's, there's definitely accuracy to that. I, I think that there is probably more women than men in a lot of uh, um, locations. Uh, what he didn't include is that, um, you know, black people are not just dating black people. There's also interracial relationships happening. So if, if you if you take race out of it, then it, it kind of changes it. But the fact of the fact of the matter is that as much as we'd like to control human sexuality and have it so that we're only sexually attracted to one person, or that we only honor our sexual attraction to one person, the fact of the matter is that it's not working. Okay, people are dishonoring it all the time, and unfortunately, because we're we're not embracing it collectively. Millions of people are continuing to lie about their relationships out, outside of their primary uh, partnership. No, nah, that's real. That's real. Actually, we've got three minutes. Let me see if I can sneak another caller in. Um, Deja, did you have anything? Let me, let me, let me, let me stick to the caller. Let's get to this caller. Oh, no. Not no, just, just right, cool. go ahead and go to the caller. Mm-hmm. All right, perfect. Area code 424-LAST-3871. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion question. Hey, this is Chicago by way of Santa Monica, California. And uh, I just got a quick, couple quick comments. And uh, basically, I think uh, context is important, especially when we discuss uh, culture and value belief systems. Because, you know, one of the questions I always ask is, what well are we drawing from? Like, when we are identifying ideology or paradigm-driven human behavior. And then, you know, the difference between cultural differences versus accountability. You know, some things... We can excuse uh, different depend, you know, decisions, but you know, there's one thing. Oh, you know, cultural differences is one thing, but accountability it, ha- it has to be like consistent. Then you got you got a vantage point based based on experiences. You have perspectives that are driven based on various uh, experiences, and, and narratives are important. You know, when we when we generalize certain things, it can taint uh, because of the massive exceptions to certain rules, and at the same time, there are situations that have been, you know, documented to be, be more accurate. So I, I like more so when we go beyond theory and we look at, like, accuracy data, um, statistics, and, like, well, we can we can talk about facts, but sometimes, sometimes we can get into, like, these opinion-driven uh, dialogue and then we don't have any, any stats to, like, really – really uh, back it so we start generalizing like men think this way, women think this way. But there's that's just your that might be just your social group. It's not so much or your or your region. It might not be men in, mm-hmm. specifically or women specifically. You know what I mean? So I, I that's all I was I, was, I just wanted to throw that out because I heard a couple of things here and there. And uh and I was like, mm that you know, I know I could I could grab a thousand guys and them or a thousand women that may say differently that look that's rich melanated. So that's that's all that's all I wanted to contribute. No, nah, thank you for the thought. I think I think some I think what you're saying is absolutely valid. I let me I'll just real quick 'cause we only got forty five seconds. I don't know if you get to respond or, or where before I go to break. Um but what I'll say is in it, to to a degree, um this conversation I think I hope or at least they'll throw this out there that we're really just we're trying to be respectful, as you said, the different wells that you draw from. I think we're trying to be respectful of saying whatever well you're choosing to draw from, whatever culture you're following, 
first thing we're saying, in a sense, just be honest. And I throw that out to say, not no 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 necessarily stats they need it for that. And I definitely agree that in a lot of cases, a lot of dialogues, the stats and the back the information is missing quite often. I just built and and I think. Brother Fianchi for the ones that he brought to the table, just giving that perspective so that we could dialogue about it. Uh, but, yeah, just generalizing when I'm saying, hey, men can't. Clearly there are men who do because, um, Leslie, we'll probably talk about this as with the age of the question coming at the top of the hour, but we're going to dialogue about <laughs> people who are in a different space or a different well, if you will, and so we can have a, a realistic conversation based on how they feel. So we're not generalizing as much as maybe you hear just because we're being, we are trying to be respectful that, it's whatever you agree to, be honest about it. And don't, as Leslie said, I thought was very dope, don't just assume that you're wrong and this is not realistic because of what your culture says. Be Kind of learn to be honest with yourself. Or as she said, we can't have an honest conversation if we've already felt shameful in this in this particular conversation. But thank you for those that three cents. Again, we will keep that in mind, and hopefully in the future as you keep listening, you'll see us bringing, as you will, that data um, to the table because a lot of people know I like to bring data um, this one I didn't do a lot of research for because I just felt like it was going to be more of a cultural conversation. All right, we all begin to break. Thank you for the call out of Chicago. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. Have you heard about that podcast, Mental Dialogue? It's so good, it should be illegal. But if you miss the live show every Saturday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, be sure to catch replays on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Podbean, and all other streaming platforms. We are the return of intelligent radio, and we are the best in the world at having hard conversations on race, sex, gender, and business in the African-American community. And remember, all I ask is that you think. Hey, where did you get that hat and t-shirt? I like that. Oh, I got this at moneymotivation.com. It's fresh, right? Yes, and I love the message on it, too. You are the hustle, huh? That's what the shirt says. I am the hustle. They embody the entrepreneurial spirit, and what I like the most is more than a brand. It's a lifestyle for those who want to put in the work and expect to have the final things in life. I also follow them on Instagram. Check this post out. If you believe money is the root of all evil, you're using it wrong? Or how about this one? Excuses made zero dollars an hour. I like those. What's their IG? At moneymotivation.co. But do they have any ladies gear? Yes, you're going to love the clothing line they got for the ladies. Matter of fact, pull up their website, moneymotivation.com, and I'm going to get you a few things so we can both look like money. Everywhere I go, go. And everywhere I be, be. I don't even talk. And I cannot figure out why Our relationship's in a coma But I don't want it to die One mistake in my past You gotta let me live that down There's no trust Eagles won't discuss Why we're not talking right now Problems will always arise But we don't have to act like this Some slack, we got 
Welcome back to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. I'm your host, Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. This morning's discussion question, how to love your non-monogamous man before we return to the show. Just wanted to highlight our sponsors, Money Motivation, as well as Square Business Entertainment. <laughs> Heard a cut from Taylor Pace, Little Rough Patch. Think it aptly applies. He says the trust is gone now. We've been talking about that and uh, definitely follow Square Business Entertainment. I love them because they're providing what I consider real R&B, uh, being 47, growing up with, with that. And um, there's not a lot of good music out of the day, but I love what they're pushing. So go find Taylor Pace or Square Business Entertainment on all music music streaming platforms. Our special guest co-host is DeAsia Robinson, as well as special guest Leslie Tarviner, as we begin discussing how to love your non-monogamous man. So DeAsia, if you will, um, you were going to ask, and we could dive into that. So go ahead, Queen. Yeah, I actually was about to ask um, ask Leslie about that because I I wanted to because we 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 talked about you know the difference with being poly and being monogamous, but we haven't really got into delved into you know how do you go about actually loving. A, mon- a non-monogamous man, and you're a monogamous woman. Is 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 that something that's even possible for someone to do? So that's such a great question, and um, I I want to just give an example of of how this is playing out for a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of women that chase after or pursue non-monogamous men. And, and it's happening in our community all the time. And the reason for that is usually sexual. Uh, men that have really good sexual skills tend to have multiple women. An example of this, and I'm not saying this man is a great man, and I don't even listen to his music, but I don't know if you've ever heard of NBA Youngboy. I think he's a yeah. rapper oh, that's originally from Atlanta. And he has, I don't know, eight children or seven children or something like that. And, um, I mean, these women obviously have that, that have children with him. They knew that he had, like, several other baby mothers before them, and they still chose to get with him. They knew what he was about. They knew what his M.O. was, and they still wanted to be with him. So why is that? Like, logically, it doesn't make sense. Why would you want to be with a man like this? Well, because he's probably really good in bed. He has that sexual you know, edge about him, and that's attractive to a lot of women, and and, and as a society, we don't want to admit this, we don't want to acknowledge that women really value um, passionate sex, really intense sex, and, you know, sometimes the way that women get that is that, you know, we go for the man who's going to offer that, and usually, a lot of times, that is a man who is practicing non-monogamy, whether he's doing it openly or whether he's lying. You know, we can we could feel that that certain men they just have a, an edge about them. They know how to fuck. Keep it That's real. True. That's what we do out here. We are not politically correct on this show. They know how to do it. Now, they know how to get it done. And it's a go ahead, DH. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Queen. Oh no, I'm sorry. No, you're um, fine. Now, yeah, how ahead, do so now what if it's a case where, say, for instance, like in your particular situation where you were describing that you were in a relationship and you were in a monogamous relationship with 
you know, I guess no one was doing anything outside of the relationship. And then you call you, you became interested in others. So say for instance, there's a man. So say for instance, that was kind of flipped where you were under the impression that we're in this monogamous relationship and the man, you learned that the man is non-monogamous. How do you go about as a monogamous woman, and this is just an example, how do you go about as a monogamous woman that's in a, an actual relationship with the man and not just playing the field, but you guys are in a relationship, how do you go about actually loving that man once you learn that he's non-monogamous? I think the, the first thing, and, and it is a shock for a lot of women, especially women who are believe very much in monogamy. It can be very painful to hear that. But the first thing is that you need to appreciate the fact that he's speaking his truth to you. You don't have to agree with his truth. You don't have to like his truth. But the fact is he is speaking his truth. And the thing is, as, as women, so many of us complain that men lie all the time. They lie, lie, lie. But when mm-hmm. a man is speaking his truth, like, appreciate that. Like, thank you for telling me how you really feel. Thank you for, for, for giving me the uh, the ability to choose how, how I want to go forward from here. Like, that's something that should be honored and celebrated rather than, in, you know, because what tends to happen is the man speaks his truth to his wife or his girlfriend, if, if he does that, and then she just, like, completely goes off on him. Or the reverse happens, it's like in my case, the, the, the man goes off on the woman when he hears her truth. We have to appreciate when our partners speak their truth to us. Not just even in terms yeah. of hard, sexuality, though. but in it's general. Hard. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's, that's it's hard. That's it's how hard. Someone. What's that? I was just saying that I, no, I, I, I don't, I agree with you. I'm just pointing out that that can be very difficult. And, and what makes it difficult, and it's, it's just a little small thing that I think we, in general, generalizing, of course, uh, but in general, I think part of that is why it ends up being difficult. What I mean is, let's say you and I are dating, and it's a similar, you know, similar situation as your, you know, husband or whatever, Leslie. And so, as you're saying, let's appreciate, especially like you said, if they're coming forward to tell their truth versus it being a situation where, you know, they're constantly lying or they're just a cheater and they're always lying about it, right? And, you know, yeah. and I, don't th- I know you're not saying that people should respect someone who's being dishonest because, as you said the entire time, let's tell our truth. And so, as okay. you said, you think people should appreciate that, and I just want to recognize this part of it and point out this, this little aspect. The reason that that can be very difficult is because, for the most part, I think in general that the way that we learn about love from from really from a very young age, it's not even the complete socialization of when we become older, but to a degree, I think even as children, to a degree, it would be helpful to, in a sense, learn to understand that love does not equal possession. And I think to a degree, mm-hmm. even with, without learning that, we come to think of love as possession, cause we, and we say it in our yeah. language. She is mine. He is mine. Yes. And so due to us equating, and we learn this from a very young age because in, in, when I say learn it, I'm not talking about parents teaching it wrong or whatever, but to a degree, even as a child, even as a two-year, like you think about the quote-unquote terrible twos, uh, terrible twos, one of the things I do after school program or whatever, but one of the things that you're always even teaching your children, you, you know, obviously you're a parent, so you could probably speak to this better than I can, 
Um, but again, I, but is that you have to, in a sense, teach your children how to share. And so you teach children how to share. But we never move that to, to the understanding. I'm not saying we should be sharing partners per se, but we don't ever learn. A lot of us don't learn that love does not equal possession. They don't go together. They're not equal. But if you, if you grow up believing that, and I'm saying that even as a young child and believing my mother is mine, my child, you know, my, my father is mine. My toys are mine. This girlfriend is mine. So when you equate that and you learn love to equal possession, it's not easy to accept somebody coming to you with their truth because we, if we said we were going to be monogamous, then I think of the commitment as, well, you said you were going to be monogamous. You're mine. How can you go with, be with somebody else? There's no truth in that. There's no truth. Nobody, we own no one. We're never taught that, but since we're not taught that, it's hard to celebrate that truth that you're talking about, Leslie. It's extremely hard. It's extremely hard, and so most people avoid it altogether, and they cheat. But in in Mm -hmm. response to um, Asia's question, my second part to that, besides just accepting the fact and appreciating the fact that he's speaking his truth, you also need to understand that just because he's attracted to another woman, sexually, emotionally, in whatever way, it doesn't mean that he doesn't love you. It doesn't right. mean that he doesn't want to be with you. It doesn't mean that he doesn't appreciate you. He does. You know, I've spoken to a lot of, of, of married men who, who I knew to be cheating, and um, not only did they say they didn't, they didn't want to speak their truth because they were afraid of their wife divorcing them, but also they said they don't want to leave their wife. They don't want their marriage to end. They don't want their family to fall apart. They don't want to abandon their children. They want to stay together. But at the same time, you know, if, if you're, you know, in a 20-year sexless marriage, you know, you have no sexual desire for your wife anymore, but you love her, and you're sexually attracted to someone else, you know, for a lot of men, it's really, really, really hard to go to their, their wife and say, look, I love you. I want to stay with you until I die. But I would like mm-hmm. to have sex with this other woman over here for the sake of my sanity. So as women, yeah, and vice versa too. Like it goes both ways. It's, it's not. It's not that ways. he doesn't love me. It's that he he needs to experience something else that this other woman is offering him, and it doesn't mean that she's going to replace me. Right. You know, she's just something. You know, she's no, just adding to his life. Yeah, that's a strong thought. We're actually up against the break. I want to explore, further explore what we're talking about. If you're online and want to get in on this morning's discussion, the number to get in is 6787-1691. Again, 646-787-1691. You do have to press 1 to let us know you want to speak. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, where all I ask is that you think. If you are a small business owner, do you and your accountant implement a tax strategy to pay quarterly taxes throughout the year? Or do you wait until the end of year during tax season to write off all expenses to lower your taxable income? If this is you, stop. Call Bennett Tax and Accounting today. With over 15 years of experience working with major companies, this boutique firm has opened up to show small business owners how to strategize like the major companies and position themselves for growth with not only effective tax strategies, 
but also specializing in new business formation, bookkeeping services, cash flow management, payroll, and business evaluation to secure bank financing. Basically, all the things you need but have kept putting off. But those days are over. Bennett Tax and Accounting to the rescue. Contact them at 770-545-2145 and ask for run. Again, 770-545-2145. Let them save you from yourself. Again, ask for my man run over at Bennett Tax and Accounting. Um, some of our listeners have been able to use their services to their satisfaction, so definitely highly encourage it. I know tax season relatively is over, but if you're a small business owner, you literally should have a year-long tax strategy, which is very different than walking into your accountant and handling it all over and say, do my taxes. Uh, that's one way to do it. If you want to scale your business, you want to have a tax strategy, highly recommend run over at Bennett Tax and Accounting. Listen to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show this morning's discussion question, how to love your non-monogamous man. Special guest co-host, DeAsia Robinson, as well as special guest, Leslie Carbonier. Um, definitely wanted to delve a little further in what you were saying, Leslie. We actually got a caller as well. Um, but I wanted to delve in, in a sense, what you were talking about um, from the standpoint of, uh, again, we're agreeing, you know, agreeing that it's very hard because of how we learn about love and think that it's possessive, you know, possessive. And so, again, having to be taught, which most of us learn later in life, hey, you don't own any one possession isn't an aspect of love. But like you said, those situations do happen where, whether, you know, like you said, the scenario you gave is, you know, unfortunately I hear about them too, uh, even, you know, from the people I know, you know, unfortunately there are a lot of sexless marriages out there, right? So very, very sad, uh, you know, from that stance when you think about it. Uh, but I have another friend that I follow um, via social media, um, Chief X, um, years ago, I remember him pointing this out, was the way that we even think about um, infidelity and commitment. And what he threw out, and I thought this was pretty telling, I want to get y'all thoughts and then we'll go to the caller. What he pointed out is we connect um, infidelity and commitment, and the like the example you just gave, he says, why, you know, why would we consider breaking it breaking a commitment when um, somebody steps out, to, in a sense, to be sexually fulfilled, their commitment is shown in, in a space, especially if you're married, but if you're married, their commitment is shown into where all their, you know, again, if you've got your stuff set up right, where all your money is going to go um, after you leave here, all your commitment of paying the bills to ensure that these people are taken care of, so your commitment is you go to work every day in a sense to protect, you know, your family and things. So your commitment is in all of those actions. He said, you know, in a sense, stepping out to have sex does not prove that you're not committed because all of your actions show where you're actually committed. And in, and, 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 and in a situation where, let's say, it is just a sexual thing and not developing, you know, the type of feelings that's going to break up your family, if you will, but in a situation where, where it's not that – that person will have no commitment to that person they just got sexually fulfilled with. And so he thinks that we look at commitment in the wrong way. Um, I want to hear both, both of you ladies' thoughts before we go to the caller. So I'll start with you, Leslie, as our special guest again. Yeah, I mean, the, the man that I'm involved with right now, he is a married man. He's been married for 25 years to his wife. He's in an open marriage. And he's completely committed to his wife in, 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 in all the ways that you described. 
and he has other women that he's involved with. So, you know, you, you can be committed. It is possible for a man to be committed to his wife or to wives if he's, you know, in an uh, open marriage. Um, he can he can fulfill his duties as a husband, a father, and still have a connection with another woman, whether sexual or emotional. And it's it's okay; it's not wrong. Like commitment, a, a okay. commitment I'm does sorry, not sorry. have to necessarily mean that I will only have sex with you and only you for the rest of my life. We can broaden the definition. Um, the age of your thoughts again, just that um, you know, in a sense, he, you know, I just want to give credit. Well, I, I originally thought about um, with the T-Sex. He was the first one that made me explore kind of what Leslie just said that commitment can be have a broadened definition. I had never thought of it that way. Again, I am a lover of monogamy, and that's what I, in a sense, hope to have you know, get married and monogamy. That's still where I stand, but again, like we talked about, it's, it's you know, I got to find someone who agrees with that and wants to make that same commitment. Uh, you know, and, and hopefully not lie to me and, you know, vice versa, I not lie to her. Um, but with that said, what do you think of just getting, distinguishing, understanding that, the, you know, the sex itself doesn't necessarily have to be considered the only level of proving your commitment? Go ahead, Queen. Um, the commitment depends on the agreement. So what he said can be a slippery slope because it's very broad. So whatever those two people agreed on, then that's their commitment. They're committed to whatever that agreement is. That's the reason why when you get married, you have your vows. People write out their vows of how, how they want their commitments to actually look. So there are instances where just because someone is stepping out or just because, you know, someone may be married and dating somebody else, that doesn't mean that they're not committed to their marriage if they have been honest about what it is that they're doing and so both parties have agreed on it. So just simply saying, oh, because you're taking care of the bills and you're taking care of the home front, just stepping out and having a little something on the side, that doesn't mean that you're not committed. It very well can mean that you're not committed if that's not what the two people agree to. So it just all nah, depends on the agreement. No, nah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I, and, I, and, I, and I agree with her. Oh, ahead, I, I agree with her. And here, here's, here's what I think. I, I really think that people should really um, think long and hard about their marriage vows and what it's going to include because, unfortunately, a lot of people make the mistake and they think that at the start of the marriage that they're going to be sexually um, committed to that person for the rest of their life. And then by year 10, 20, 30, they realize, you know what, I don't want to have sex with this person for the rest of my with, with only this person for the rest of my life. So we need to think carefully, very carefully about what our vows are, because if we're making a lifetime commitment to only have sex with this one person, we need to know what we're getting ourselves into. No, nah, it makes a lot of sense, man. And I love that. Let's talk about that real quick from before I go to the caller. Uh, and, again, it's just getting into nuance, which is what I love to do. And so uh, I'm associated uh, – well, I've been associated with, the, like, a marriage group that I, that I followed for a few years. And one thing uh, that they highly recommend for, for, for sisters is, uh, you know, specific to, if you, if you will, black men, is – Married black men that are 35 or older or whatever, something that they highly recommend. And I had never seen that position, you know, to a number of years ago. But now that I'm older, 
and then thinking about it. And when I followed them a little further, okay, let me find out what's the details for why they're pushing that. And what they uh, quite often, what they, what they say in reference to why they're pushing in a sense, you know, maybe a, a specific age, if you will. And, you know, obviously nothing, when it comes to marriage, nothing is cut and dry like that again, but, I, but just a general recommendation that they made was saying that if you get the young man sooner, um, specifically with the American experience and, and the fact that a lot of us have not been raised in um, what, what, what they call generational marriages, meaning that five, six, seven generations back to back have all been married and whatever is part of So that's, you know, obviously not a part of the American culture, if you will. So they are generalizing when they say that from the standpoint of, and, and as I learned about this, I, I tended to agree with it. And, and I'm, I'm, make, I'm going around, kind of a long way around to your point of what are we actually getting into. And so what they're saying in reference to older men is the idea that if you get a young man, black man specifically, in the American experience sooner than that, they're saying highly likely, based on their sexual proudness and where they are in their activity, that you're going to get someone who's, you know, not only going to cheat on you, but obviously maybe not have the maturity to honor other commitments as well. So they're just saying let these these boys who may have not been raised by fathers have enough life experience and they get another focus to where they could focus on a commitment to a family and just saying if you play the numbers, older men are going to be thinking about those things more so than younger men. So it just you, you sparked that thought in me when you said let's really think, think about you know, what we want to commit to, because even me saying I love monogamy and I want to practice it, it's, it's pretty sure it's much easier for me to say that at 47, right, than I could have said it at 27. So um, just wanted to kind of explore and go, you know, even further with what does that really look like. Any thoughts on that, Leslie and Deasia, before we go to the call? Yeah, I think it's true that, that generally speaking, uh, men are more mature, uh, when they're in their 30s as opposed to when they're in their, their teens or their early 20s. But if, if you're looking, if you as a woman are looking for a husband uh, and a father to your children, uh, there could be some benefit to, you know, uh, being with a, an older man. That being said, just because a man is in his 30s or 40s or 50s, um, that doesn't mean he's going to um, have sex with only one woman. <laughs> Because I, I definitely know men in their 50s and even 60s that that do cheat on their wives. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. like I said, nothing's across the board. I think, again, I think their recommendation was just, uh, you know, in a sense of finding a man who would, cause if, if, if that's what they wanted, right, if they're looking for a monogamous man, if you will, is that just, just high and likely that you could find that commitment at the older age that you might you know, by getting young, you know, married to someone who might believe you're a great woman and, you know, want to make you hit their wife, if you will, but they're also up against their young nature, if you will. So I just kind of, you know, heard it from that standpoint. Again, it's a generalization. Um, D, is there any extra thoughts before we go to the call on that? Um, that's definitely a good idea because a lot of we we all know that women mature faster than men, and a lot of times uh, women are. When when we're younger, we're more uh, ready to settle down faster than a man is. But for me, uh, that's kind of that's another slippery slope too. Because 
we have to understand that women are sexual creatures also and like I'm definitely one of them so it's like the older I get I'm in my mid-30s and the older I get I don't know what type of peak I've reached but it's like if I'm with a guy that is much older then he still needs to be a top tier performance or I will explore a younger guy just for that. Like I, I, I will be in the. I will let this guy know. Like I'm, I'm, I'll be in a relationship with you, and I'll be committed to you. But as far as that is concerned, I might step out and deal with someone younger. And that person has to. That, that, anybody that I with will have to be, be. I'm with will have to be open to that. But I will be honest about that up front, though. I think what and you said just now was so great. Can you hear me? I think what you said is so great because so many men, once they're in their 40s, 50s, 60s, um, they start to have a lot of health issues like prostate cancer, erectile dysfunction, uh, premature ejaculation. These things are rampant, especially mm-hmm. amongst men that are 40 and up. So what she's saying is very real. And that's what we do, real conversations here. Let's get to some of these callers out here. All right, I got several of them. Let's start breaking them off. We'll get to one, and then we'll go to a break. Area code 404, last three, 951. We got about a minute for a break, so I hope you can make it quick. We may keep you on if we need to. Go ahead. Give us your thoughts. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three sentences. Brother Montari, this is Brother Mustafa, man. You're going to give me a minute. Wow. <laughs> um, can you hear me? Yeah, I can you good. Yeah, we got, I, did, yeah I, don't, I don't know the number, so I'm just getting you on quick. I know. Before the breaks, I got several callers I got several callers behind you, so sorry about that. But I might keep you on if I can. Like I said, I just got to work it out. So, yeah, if you can go ahead and get started with your thought, then we'll go to the break. Okay. And then, like I said, if I can keep you on, I'll try. Yeah, I appreciate that, brother. Um, man, it's interesting. Great dialogue, as usual. Um, I do have a question for your guest that's speaking on the, I guess, the open relationship. I see a lot of what I would call. Hold on one second. Hold on one second, brother. Hold on one second. Hold on one yeah. second. The Asia, is he breaking up or is it, I'm just trying to see if it's my phone or the actual broadcast. No, it's not me. I'm hearing the noise too. So I'm saying, okay, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, was trying, I was trying to see it. So you're hearing it. Okay. All right, brother Mustafa, you're going to get to get more than a minute because I got to kick you off because you're breaking up and we want to make sure everybody can hear you. So yeah. um, c- call back in so we can get a clearer connection. You may have to, I may have to get you on after another caller, but you'll get more time. Let me go to break. And uh, we'll make this thing work. All right, y'all. We are up against the break. How to love your non-monogamous man. Special guest, Leslie Tarvenier, as well as special guest co-host, DeAsia Robinson. Got the callers out there. If you want to get in, the number to get in is 646-787-1691. Get another cut from Taylor Pace and Square Business Entertainment, Little Mama. We'll be right back. Commercial is the actual song breaking up. That's causing the issue. Sometimes we're all on our phones for people out there listening. But was this actual song breaking up or playing clear? If you don't mind, let me know. No, it, it, when you started talking, you started breaking up. Okay, so I, maybe I need to call back in as well. It, the song was playing. It's clear? like some wind or something in the background or something. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, you're you were breaking up when you started talking. 
Okay, what did the song play clear though? I just need to know because I want to play the song clear. Was the song, the song clear? You're going in and out. I know I am. I'm asking about the song. Is the song playing clear? Did, did the song play clear? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah, I was just saying that the song, was the song breaking up too or as well? No, the it song was, was the fine. song wasn't breaking up. Okay, yeah. Okay, let me go through this break and I'll call back in. Uh, and when we come out of break, if I'm not talking, go ahead and take over the agent um, as far as, you know, to get into dialogue. Okay. I'll it back. I'll be right back. Listen to the Mental Dialogue okay. Talk Show. For all I ask commitments, man. I'm just messing around. Again, I'm a lover of monogamy. Love it myself. Um, not been known as a cheater, if you will. Uh, but this morning's discussion question, how to love your non-monogamous man, special guest co-host, DeAsia Robinson, as well as Leslie Tugner. Thank you both for being on. We got some callers. I'm going to try to go ahead and get right back to Mustafa if I can find if he called. Yeah, he called back in. So let me go to him. And then um, 600 Nine three two. We'll get to you um, coming after Mustafa. All right, brother Mustafa, you got your time now. So go ahead and get your question in. Um, thank you for calling back in, King. Thank you, brother, for getting me back on. Um, I had one question because uh, Sister Leslie, I think I'm saying her name correct. I hope I am. Yeah, you're saying it correctly. Yep. Okay. He, he said something really stood out. And again, great discussion. It's not what I expected, but I'm I'm really happy that you you co- seem to be covering all the bases. I have one question though for Leslie. She very candidly, transparently said that she was in a relationship with a married man for 20 years, and it, and he was in an open relationship. Now the the big question for me is is in that open relationship, is his wife interested in, uh, or does she have the same freedom to? date outside of the relationship, have sexual relations outside of the relationship as the husband does. Because typically that, that to me, has been where this kind of falls apart. 
a lot of the men who are very interested in uh, polygamy seem to have, and this is all the men I've talked to over the years, seem to have a big problem when the woman says, well, you know, I'd like to do the same thing. And just I just want to add one thing. De- Deasia, as usual, you are always on point. You said something that is really <laughs> profound. Be honest. Thank you. Make agreement at the beginning. I have no problem with what people do in their bedroom, none whatsoever. The problem becomes what I'm hearing kind of as the under undergird of this discussion. We're talking a lot about men and men and the sister uh, Leslie said something about male sexual prowess. Well, the age hit it on point. I've been married 40 years. Let me tell you something. Women got just as much sexual need, if not more so, the older they get mm-hmm. than men do. And we're talking a lot about what men need. And I know I want to go back to my question. As long as we're talking, we're talking, having a balanced discussion where women have the same freedom as men, I'm fine with it. And, it, and the big part of it is the honesty. Um, if you could just talk about that a little bit, and then I have another question. Yeah, then can, you, can you repeat the initial question just so that we're clear on it? I don't know if Leslie, you may already understand it. Sure. I'm, I'm you know, clear. You just said a I'm lot. We appreciate it. Okay, oh, she got it. She got it. Okay, go ahead, Leslie. I'm she got clear it. on his, she got his it. question. So I really appreciate your question, sir. And um, so the, the man that I'm talking about, he's been married to his wife for 25 years, and I've been involved with him for 10 years. Um, they are in a fully open marriage. So his wife has other partners. He has other partners. They know everything. And in fact, they're, they're public about it. So if you, if you look up Progressive Love Academy on Instagram or on Facebook, you'll find them. <laughs> they're known. And, uh, yeah, they're both free to connect with other people outside of their, their marriage. Wow. Okay. Another question. That, that, I'm going to let you sneak it in because we've got two callers behind you. So yeah, yeah, go ahead and get your quick. second question in if you don't mind. I guess the, the only other concern is what you and I talked about yesterday, my brother Montoya, is we're lowering the bar. And I get what Sister Lexi also said about the honesty part. Being A man being able to say, a woman being able to say to their partner early in the relationship, uh, I, I, I feel com- more comfortable with us having an open relationship. That's fine. But what we're dealing with in a in this society is so many dishonest relationships, primarily by men because women are left raising children when men do step out. How does Leslie suggest or recommend that we deal with that pervasive, terrible problem we have of so many single mothers raising children by themselves because men step out? Does she think that this is actually a solution? But I happen, and I'm just going to say, I think it just lowers the bar for men to do what they're doing anyway. And now they're going to, they got permission, and I don't think they'll even mm-hmm. be honest in an open relationship. They'll have other women. So how does she, how do you address that? Yeah, that's a strong that's question. Honest. Yeah, that's a strong question. Yeah, Leslie, jump in. And Daisy, Daisy, because of how you live, I want yeah. both of you to answer it. Then we're going to go to the caller. I'm going to let you go, um, Mustafa, and you no, can, you, you know, get, come off and let you know, and let them hear your, your, the answer to your question. But thank you for that excellent question. Thank you, King. Thank you. All right, go ahead, um, Leslie. We'll let you kind of jump in on that first. Now, you're welcome, King. Yeah, I mean, just, just like the gentleman, I, I really believe that the black community especially, um, we need more cohesiveness so that we can provide, you know, masculine energy, uh, fatherly energy, and mother energy to all of our children 
And, you know, I know some people think that monogamous marriage, you know, if, if we as a community really adhere to that, then our children will be better off. And there's, there's some truth to that. But I also believe that um, polyamory, open relating, you know, when done, you know, with honesty and integrity um, can actually be of great benefit as well to children because now when a, a child is growing up in a situation where um, they have multiple fathers, so to speak, you know, multiple mm-hmm. men, that, multiple women mm-hmm. that are in their life that are supporting them, you know, that can benefit them in a number of different ways, intellectually, financially, emotionally, and so on. When I, when I first, um, when I was with my son's father, he didn't agree to me being with another man. And so we split up. And then what happened is, you know, he had another girlfriend. I had a new boyfriend. And our children got to be very close to both of our new partners. So now it was like they had two dads and two moms, and they they really loved it, actually. You know, they spent time over at um, their stepmother's mm-hmm. house on weekends. Mm-hmm. They spent time with my, my boyfriend at the time. Like, it's, it's, it's not like children are going to be all alone if we embrace polyamory. In fact, I think children are going to have more of a communal experience if we embrace polyamory and do it ethically. Deasia, your thoughts before I go to the college? Um, my thoughts are geared towards Mustafa's. I hope I'm saying his name right. When he initially came on, and the question that that he asked, because that's something that I've been sitting on and I wanted to say, and he actually brought it up. Um, because I've had I've had an instance where I was in a relationship with a guy, and just going into the relationship, we were open about the idea that both of us are, you know, polyamorous, not with one of those things. It wasn't one of those things where it's like we're just going to intentionally go out and just try to find new partners just because Mm -hmm. we've had this conversation. It was like just giving the idea that it is possible that I may find interest in someone else and you might find interest in someone else and we're not going to dismantle our relationship if that were to happen. So it wasn't like it was one of those things that it could happen and it may not ever happen, right? So when the mm-hmm. when the situation came, he was open to it because when I had the conversation with him, he was open to it because I guess he saw that as some type of freedom for him. But when the situation mm-hmm. actually came into fruition where I actually ended up running across somebody that I, I had interest in, he couldn't deal with it anymore. It was like it was it, the relationship ended up dismantling because once he realized like this is the reality and she really does have interest because at first he was just looking at it as that was giving him freedom to run around mm-hmm. and play. But when I actually acted on it, it was a problem. So I wanted to um, ask Leslie about like how do you transition into actually having um, a, continuing a relationship once your partner lets you know that they're non-monogamous and you plan on staying because a lot of people decide that they want to open up the relationship if they decide to stay, but a lot of times the man still can't deal with the fact that the woman may possibly end up seeing other people as well, even though they open up the relationship, and that's to, like, Mustafa's point also. That's, that was the thing yeah. I wanted to touch on. It is extremely hard um, in this day and age for women, for men to accept the fact that their woman is intimate with another man. 
a, a lot of men just really have a hard time with it, and that's due to social conditioning. Um, the man that I'm dealing with um, that I told you about who's married, for, he's been married for 25 years to his wife, um, the way that they opened their marriage is they he let his wife go first. So she went out and connected mm. with another man, intimate with another man, and and then he went second. And so I remember him saying in one of his early videos that, you know, that first night when she went to go and actually be intimate with another man, um, he got drunk. Like, it was, it was just, he was in so much pain. I've seen that so video. Hard. Yep. Yeah, because I've seen all that video. of his social mm-hmm. conditioning up to that point told him that if you're a wife, if you let your wife have sex with another man, you're a chump. You're, 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 you're not soccer. a man. Yeah. Like, how could you, how yeah. could you allow that? And, you know, he just, he just had to work through it. He had to work through it and, and come to realize that, you know what, just because my wife is, is sexually attracted to another man, that doesn't make me less of a man. So he had to let right. go of that conditioning, and that took a lot of internal work, but it is possible to do. Mm-hmm. Now, that's a strong point. Let's go to another break. <laughs> we'll get to these other callers. I really need about 15 more minutes for this show because we're going deep today. We are going so deep. Uh, but, now I love it, <laughs> and then we'll get to the callers coming um, out of the break. You're listening to the Mental Dialogue Talk Show. So all I ask is that you think. <clears throat> I'm having trouble with the board today. Can't type. All right, I'll be, I'll be right back. All I ask is that you think. LNG Technology Services, we are your industry leader in aircraft and heavy equipment repair services. In commercial business for over 15 years, LNG technicians have over 150 years of equipment-specific knowledge and are known industry-wide for returning worn-out, broken, and overused ground support equipment back to the user in working better than new conditions. For a service job done right at a value unparalleled in the industry, contact LNG Technology Services at 478-781-4860. Again, for a service job done right, that number is 478-781-4860. LNG Technologies is a Mental Dialogue Gold member and proud sponsor of the Mental Dialogue community. My name is Montoya Smith, a.k.a. Black Socrates. I am the owner and facilitator of the Mental Dialogue Community Support Group focused on practical solutions and the collective thinking of the black community. We do that one of two ways, every third Friday, 7 p.m. at Urban Grind, or Saturday mornings, the Mental Dialogue Talk Show, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Contact us at mentaldialogue.com or on Facebook at Mental Dialogue. All I ask is that you think. If you have a product or service you would like to get out to the smartest audience in all of radio, please, again, contact me, 404-604-9477. Inboxes on our Facebook page at Mental Dialogue or our IG page, mental underscore dialogue, and let's get your product out. If you are an individual and you love what you're hearing today, the return of intelligent radio, as I like to refer to us as, Please go to mentaldialogue.com, scroll down, and become a member, and keep Intelligent Radio on the air. This morning's discussion question, how to love a, your non-monogamous man, special guest Leslie Tarvenier, as well as special guest co-host Asia Robinson. Again, we're going deep. We've got a couple of callers. I want to say this before I get to the callers. 
And it's just to highlight a little of what both of you were saying uh, prior to the break. I mean, it, it, one thing that we challenge, again, I always I will tell people sometimes when I'm meeting people, and it's cool that I run into people from Atlanta and say, hey, I listen to your show and that kind of stuff. Um, obviously, we are, in a sense, a nationwide show. We've got a lot of listeners. Shout out to my listeners over in Great Britain. They're our second um, largest listener in Canada. Um, people in Canada listen as well, uh, Leslie, which I told you that before we got brought you on. So glad to have you, you know, calling us out of Toronto today, if you will. Um, but with that said, yeah. um, I always challenge people when they listen to the show um, and say, hey, you're probably going to only hear what you like to hear half the time. We're not the show that we're necessarily looking for agreement or disagreement. It's dialogue and nuance. And sometimes when people are triggered by um, what they're hearing, sometimes they don't hear everything that was said. So something that you, that you mentioned, Leslie, in answering Mustafa's question, and I want to make sure that it was heard clearly, um, you're, you're, we're, we're having a conversation about what this looks like and being honest. And so in you obviously being in an open relationship and being able to do so, and in a sense walking people through what that looks like, what that reality is, and that truth is, uh, in, in, in mentioning, and again, something that I like to harp on, Mustafa brought up the idea of, uh, in a sense, uh, is it some type of solution for what's going on in our community? And I love the fact that you mentioned that, hey, for, for those of us, myself included, that advocate, you know, the concept of monogamous relationships can play a, a significant role in, in, in solving some of the issues we're seeing in the community. You highlighted and said there is truth to that, and you went on to explain for those who their truth is, they don't want to practice monogamy, this is how you do it. Some people will hear you make that distinction as if you're advocating only for people or that polyamory is the solution and miss the fact that you gave credit to um, those of us who I'm, I'm, I, my hashtag is healthy marriage before children and I want to practice monogamy. And you made it clear when we talked this week, you are an advocate of monogamy. So people with my, sometimes they might miss that because you're being open and honest about what this looks like. And Madiez, you may remember this when we did the amazing, um, because you were on the show, Oh, so hold on. One of you, somebody has something in the background. If you can mute yourself, that'll help. If you're moving around, mute yourself. All right. Um, Diaz, you may remember this when we did the show on would I allow um, – I forgot. I mean, the title was something to the effect of um, would I allow my daughter to date a man like myself? And we had that anonymous interview with the, the young man who basically was 35 and was a, was a single father to his four of his five children. But raising him on his own, um, and when he talked about the type of man he was, he was a complete gentleman. And but his honest conclusion was that he necessarily wouldn't want his daughters, four four of his five children were daughters, one son, and he said he wouldn't want his daughters necessarily to date him if their idea was having a monogamous man because he had decided he was 35 at the time, and he had decided for himself being a one, you know, one woman man was not something that he could do. And so in that sense, if she was looking for that, no. But as far as how to treat a woman and the things that people want, like his, and I know, I know the brother personally, they love him because he treats you like you want to be treated. I'm talking about the gentleman flying on trips. It's, it's a, it's, but you have to accept that he's not going to be a one, one, you know, one woman man. So I, I'm highlighting all of this to say, that that is where some people fall. As the agent and Leslie have said, people have to be honest about it. But whether you're like myself, an advocate of monogamy as being something that could be helpful to the community, what I appreciate and why we had this conversation is for those who that is not their 
who they are. They've figured out that's not what I am. I'm, we have to have dialogues of what that could look like, too, and that's why I appreciate you, Leslie, saying in these situations it can be communal. Now, some people get into the dichotomy of saying this one's better than the other. Y'all have not done that. We're just having an honest dialogue, and I wanted to lay all of that out because sometimes, again, people will hear someone explaining something they disagree with as if you're advocating it over what they do. We're just having an honest conversation. So I just definitely wanted to make that very clear um, before we went to the caller. Um, Leslie, I'm going to give you a thought on that as well. You as well, Deja, before we go to the caller. Yeah, thank you for saying that because, like, there is no one solution. Uh, so I would never say that, you know, monogamy is wrong, monogamy sucks. Like, no, that's, that's, that would be crazy. Uh, what, what, I, what I do feel that the solution, the overarching solution for the black community as far as raising children, raising healthy children and making sure that their needs are met in every way is that the, the children see adults being honest, and authentic and genuine and supporting one another and loving and accepting one another. And that can be done in polyamory, polygamy, polyandry, and monogamy. Oh, absolutely. Deja, your thoughts before you go to the call? Yeah, you know my favorite word is compartmentalize. So I think in this case, people just need to compartmentalize and realize that the conversation is about how to you know, maneuver through a relationship when someone is non-monogamous. So being that that is the the topic of discussion, that's the reason why mm-hmm. um, we're speaking to uh, being poly because we're talking about someone being non-monogamous. So it's not that we're just advocating for polyamorous relationships or anything. It's just what the subject matter is right now based on what the actual exactly. title is. So. So that's, that's all it is, because whatever lifestyle that you choose, at the end of the day, the bottom line is just to be honest about it. If you're going to be monogamous and your agreement with your partner is that you're not going to do any stepping out or anything, then you need to stay committed to that. If you have had that conversation prior to going into a relationship that there is a possibility that you may have interest in others, then everybody needs to be on the same page when it comes to that. That's all that we're saying. It's not trying to put one, um, I'm trying to put one over one lifestyle over the other, but just exploring how this particular lifestyle can actually work because monogamy is the standard right now. And so this is kind of something new that we're exploring and we're just trying to bring some, shed some light on the fact that it, there are ways that this actually can work if this is the lifestyle that you choose. No, absolutely. That's the clarity that people need to hear and not hear conversations in extremes. Again, when we say we are the best in the world at doing hard conversations on race, sex, and cultural issues, I think we're proving it as we lay out what we're saying right now. And then I'll highlight one thing and then we'll go to the, you know, to the caller. So just even highlighting um, – um, what I will highlight in what we're doing is a better discussion for the solution of what we say is the issue when it comes to our family structures. And, and you know, all we always talk about this concept of it takes a village. And if we're honest, we've lost a village, and most people can agree to that as well. But, you know, the recovery of it has to include all of these conversations versus saying this over the other. And, the rea- you know, to a degree, as, as I say, monogamy is the standard, again, What's writing wrong is is what you culturally agree to. And so, um, yeah, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, um, versus 
the kids out there not having those different influences, if that's not who you are, be honest and open and create a family situation that ultimately is better for these children. Because here's the ultimate thing, whether we're living by it, takes a village or not, people have heard this, and it's a reality that I think we've forgotten to a degree as a culture. All these children of ours are ours. And so any if we if we, we if we can just honor that, then we have to be respectful of people choosing to live different than we may choose, but as long as the children are taken care of, because I think what we're currently doing, generally speaking, is not taking care of enough of the children by not having these conversations. All right, let's go to the call. Um, area code eight five zero last three six zero zero. Give us your name, where you're calling from, and your three cents on this morning's discussion. Hey, it's me Ephraim again. Um, just want to give you a big up on an awesome show this morning, as usual though. <laughs> but y'all, nah, y'all really King. Oh, yeah, always today. We t- hey, we like the props too. We know we know we good, but you can tell yeah. us too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all y'all killed it today. Your your, your go guest uh, co-host man, they they <laughs> it's the real deal. But um, hey, I bring on the real I, ones, bro. Go ahead, to, King. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, the Asia made a point, you know, we talked about commitment earlier as a while back, but commitment, I mean, um, as a saying that you, you don't get what you deserve, you get what you negotiate. So if mm-hmm. whatever two or three or more, or more people negotiate, then, and they agree to it, then that's what they're committed to. And that's what they should, should abide by. Um, Absolutely. so it's like changing the rules in the middle of the game. It, it it doesn't work, you know what I mean. So if you if I'm agreeing to play this game, if I'm playing chess, and then all of a sudden I change up the rules, and now I'm playing by the rules of checkers, that's not going to work. So it, 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 it's just better if everybody involved knows what game they're playing and knows what the rules are to that specific game that they that they've agreed to play, and then it it works out yeah. a lot better. And then the other thing I want to and you touched on it. Y'all, y'all kind of touched on it about children in the situation. Um, it gets that's where it gets a little muddy because I mean we've talked about this, the whole polyamorous um, lifestyle as you know people getting different things from different people emotionally, um, not necessarily sexually. But what I've heard a lot of today in the conversation is sex. You know, what if there's a sexless marriage and I have, I need to step out? Well, what if somebody steps out and they need to, you know, they this man, he he just knows how to lay it down, and I need to get that from him. A lot of what we talked about is sex. And I think that's really, not in all situations, but a lot of situations, that's what it boils down to. Because when you, usually when you're attracted to somebody, I talked about it earlier, you, you, I'm physically attracted to a lot of different women I see on a daily basis. But if I don't act on that attraction, you know, that's self-control. If I just allow myself to, to, to move forward and pursue every woman that I see that I, I think I'm physically attracted to, then that's that's pretty reckless. And then when you add on um, yeah, I may have said, okay, I'm, I'm agreeing to an open marriage, but how far does that go? What are, How many children are potentially going to be involved in that? If I'm a younger man, I mean, agree nah, good that. questions. We actually have about we have we have yeah. against the last minute, so I got to cut you off, King. But I thank you for bringing those thoughts. Um, Leslie, I'm going to shoot right to you. 
Uh, we got about a minute. So if you will, thank you, Queen. You have been amazing today. But if you will, give people your contact information so they can continue to learn from you as an empowerment coach because I think people will come to understand these dialogues need to be had. Go ahead, Queen. Thank you for your time today. Oh, okay. Sure. They can find me on Instagram. Just look up Leslie.Tavernier. You can find me on Facebook, the same thing, Leslie Tavernier. And my website is LeslieTavernier.com. Uh, absolutely. DeAsia, you got the show, so tell people about your couple, your shows before we go as well. Well, I am a host on Kitty Pink Radio where we we, ha- we house three different podcasts, one of my own, which is called The Death of DeAsia, which is fairly new, where people send in questions, and, and I address them anonymously. No one knows who they are, and I go live and I address those questions. So that is um, Death of DeAsia. And that's on IG as well as Facebook. Also, um, every Tuesday, um, we do a show called Locked and Loaded at 6 p.m. Central Standard Time. And every Friday, 9 a.m. Central Standard Time, we do a show called Coffee with Kitty where we're talking about, like, trending topics. On Locked and Loaded, we're having, like, more in-depth conversations like this. In Death of the Asia, it's just all types of randomness, depending on whatever somebody sent in that they um, want to get my perspective on. So definitely, if you guys are listening, go follow me on Death of the Asia on YouTube, IG, and Facebook, and check out Kitty Pink Radio and look at our other podcasts. It's Locked and Loaded as well as Coffee with Kitty. Hey, I love what y'all do in the Asia. You know I'm a constant listener of what y'all do, so I appreciate y'all. appreciate you for this morning. And, um, Leslie, again, you were amazing. The Asia, you were amazing. See y'all next Saturday. All Thank I you. ask is that you think.